0: welcome back to the Language Mastery Show. This is your host, John Fotheringham. In today's episode, I chat with Lydia Mahova, a polyglot language mentor, TED speaker, and the former lead organizer of the Polyglot Gathering in Bratislava. For show notes, go to languagemastery.com slash show. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with Lydia. So are things kind of crazy getting ready for the event, or are things kind of...
1: Uh, well, not me this year. I was the head organizer last year, and oh, okay. now I'm you, just you, a careless you, participant.
0: You passed yeah. the reins, nice, nice.
1: Oh yeah, oh, I'm so glad about that. Yeah, like it's, it's it's a lot of work. It's yeah, a bet. lot, a lot of work, and it was all voluntary for me, which meant it actually meant I was sponsoring it with my time that I could have, you know, invested in my business. So
0: right, right, right.
1: Um, yeah, it's a it's it's a great idea, but like two years for me were more than enough. And now there are other people happy to do it, so yeah. I'm happy to let them. And yeah, I just I actually want to talk to people. Like you will see the right, organizers; right. they're not really there to talk to people. They
0: can't. So right, yeah, no, exactly. Well, good on you for setting it up to begin with, yeah. and then also good on you for passing the reins when it sure. was time. Yeah, and then next yeah. year it's moving, right? It won't be in. Yes. again. that's
1: you, the last year in Bratislava.
0: have they announced where it'll be yet or is that still secret no.
1: okay. uh probably oh, czech not. republic or poland okay. most probably okay. uh somewhere where the team which is from uh from for my hometown mm-hmm. in slovakia uh can access easily you know because hmm.
0: yeah it's cool yeah i'm really looking forward to it i'm excited yeah. Yeah, and, so. and meeting finally you know in meet space mm-hmm meeting people that i've interviewed for the podcast that i you know it's interesting because i feel like i have i feel like friends already you know with these people that i've just met like this via skype you know over the last 10 years but a lot of them i I still have not met in the real world Mm
1: -hmm. so yeah
0: that'll be fun yeah cool well i know you probably have plenty to do today so i won't i won't steal too much of your time so we can we we can
1: you can catch up at the I mean, gathering.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I will have time for that for sure.
0: Okay. I look forward to it. Um, so yeah, the first thing I, I always want to ask my guests is about their origin story, how they got into languages in the first place, you know, whether there was like a uh, a spark that it all began, or if it was just sort of a slow, steady process, or a lot of the polyglots I've talked to, you know, they had... A really hard time with languages in school, especially, and then they finally figured out a way forward. So walk us through how how you got into languages and how you got to be this polyglot who speaks I think eight plus languages fluently.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think that's actually the typical polyglot story, right? Like I was never good at languages, and I really sucked at it at school, and then I started to learn languages uh, when something changed. Right. Um, for me, I was I always liked learning languages, uh, so it's not the typical polyglot story. Um, but I started at school with the traditional methods, uh, English and German. That's that's a typical thing to do for all Slovaks here. Mm-hmm. So two languages is nothing special in Slovakia. And then when I was at a university, that's when I started to learn languages uh, by myself. And Spanish was my, my breakthrough mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was basically, I, I went for a course. But I was really disappointed that the course wasn't as I expected. It was just once a week, uh, 25 people in class and really, really boring materials that we learned from. And I realized that this will not work out. So that's when I started experimenting with some methods and like reading Harry Potter instead of the boring book, you know, going for fun activities and talking to a Mexican friend. And uh, it was really um, interesting for me to discover all these methods and after half a year, I was able to communicate in Spanish. I was really excited about it. So then I kept learning for another year and a half. And then basically from that moment on, every two years, I learned a new language, uh, which I always try to get to a fluency level so that I, I can keep it long term. I, I don't like to just dabble in languages. I right. always
0: go for fluency. And how that's a difficult word to define for a lot of people. How do you define fluency? Yeah.
1: So for me, at the level of um, comfortable fluency, as, as some polyglots also call it, mm-hmm. is a, a good solid B2 level, mm-hmm. for those who know the European system, mm-hmm. which for me translates into being able to communicate uh, freely and uh, without too much stress or any stress in that foreign language, explaining or expressing uh, anything about my everyday life and my ideas and, and dreams and just have a normal conversation. Mm-hmm. And also being able to like watch a movie or watch some series and uh, read a book of mm-hmm. nonfiction—that for me is the perfect level. Um, and uh, that—that's what I, I do with my languages. This is this is the reason why I learn them, uh, and uh, this is how I use them in practice. Right?
0: right. And for those that aren't familiar, this is yeah the European framework, and there's six levels, and so b is like about two thirds of the way to, right. you know, that top top level of a native speaker so um yes.
1: but yes but at the same time i wouldn't say it's like two-thirds meaning uh you need uh, two-thirds of the time uh to achieve the ultimate right, right for good, upper level but uh, i think a b2 is, is a perfectly good level to 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 keep and i don't yes. see a reason for people to move to the c levels uh if they don't want to work with the language professionally
0: yes indeed yeah, there's a lot of diminishing returns that kicks in, I think, about there, where, you know, you could, it takes you, as you said, probably two years, I think, if you really are diligent, or even less for, you know, people like Benny, you know, show that he can do, you know, get at least like a B1, you know, in, in a pretty short amount of time, um, compared to what most people would expect. Mm. Well,
1: the thing is, I never learned, like, six hours a day. I've never done that and I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I always make sure language learning is like part of my everyday life. So I'm willing to give it one hour a day tops, you know, whatever language I'm learning. And that's why, that's why it actually takes me, you know, two years or a year and a half of learning with some breaks. Right. If you count it, it's about five, um, 500 hours of, Mm -hmm. of learning that's uh, for European languages now okay and right. this also depends on what languages right you're um but of course you could you could easily like squeeze it into three five six months if you just do more of it every day um, right. i think that's perfectly possible
0: yeah i think that's a really important point is to think about language learning in terms of hours not years because that's, right. that's usually people think, how many years does it take to learn a language. Like, Well, it, as you said, it all depends on how many hours you put in. So right. it doesn't have to take years. It just takes certain I have,
1: hour of hours. I have clients who tell me they've been learning English or whatever language for 20 years. And like when you actually ask them, what does it mean? It's like, well, I've been going to courses on and off. You know, right. It's yeah. been on my mind that I should learn this language for 20 years. Yeah. But if they actually put some real work into it systematically in a way which they love. It, it would never be that long.
0: Yeah, it always broke my heart when I was in Japan or in Taiwan and I would meet somebody who had been studying English, I mean studying in air quotes right. um for years or decades and they were so heartbroken themselves because they really struggled to be able to actually understand spoken English or produce spoken English themselves and they thought it was them. They thought they had not worked hard enough. And I'd always point out to them, no, 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 no. You've been working your butt off. You've just been working on memorizing information about English in Japanese or Mm. in, in Mandarin, you know, all these years. And you've gotten tight. I mean, literally probably after 10 years, they have maybe 50 hours of actual spoken practice. And so no wonder they can't actually, you know, communicate that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's no, it's, it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. I'm also
1: sorry when I hear that. And people always, as you said, people always think, oh, it's me. I'm not the talented one. Everybody else learns so easily. And I just, I just don't have the mind for that. Right.
0: Right. Right. Mm. Yeah. That's probably the number one myth. And I'm sure that you hear that a lot as a a polyglot. Um, yeah, I, I know in your TED talk, you talk a lot about how it's really the the common factor among polyglots that you talk to is, is interest. It's not actually ability. Can you talk more about that? I think that's a really important point. Yeah.
1: So I, I call it uh, enjoyment also or fun. Like mm-hmm. you you really need to have um have fun learning the language and and if you if you don't if if it's just a chore for you then you're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. right? And you need to figure out another way to learn because there are so many ways, especially today with the internet. So many. Like yeah, if you just go if you just look at free apps to learn whatever language, there are so many options, right? And and then free websites and blogs and uh, just just Google learn English free you know right. and you can through these pages forever. So the possibilities, the options are definitely there. Um, but the question is, which one will be the good one for you, right? right. And I think people really need to find a method that they that they love using, that they enjoy using. And then it's it's not really it's not really about hard work. It's about a nice way of spending your free time. And soon, like well, after a B1 level, it's about doing stuff in that language, which you would do anyway, like you know, watch a series and and maybe some news or YouTube videos, right. uh, podcasts, etc. So it's it's really a tool to get information uh, in that language, and um, and at the same time, you're learning that language, you're improving. So I I like to think of language learning as this really beautiful way of of um, like a beautiful activity, beautiful pastime activity, which you just need to structure a little bit, make sure it's effective. And then, and then you can, you know, see the fruits of that work.
0: Yes. I, in your TED talk, you had said that with, I think it was was Spanish or German, I forget, but you had said that you started watching Friends and at the right. very beginning, it was just gibberish. But then right. by season two or so, it actually started to, to make sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. I decided to like give it half an hour, of uh, German TV a day, mm-hmm. and friends were on uh, like one of the German TV stations that I had back home. And so I, I was watching it every day. And, and like seriously, as as you said, I, I did not understand anything at the beginning. And like after a few weeks, uh, it just started to open up. And mm-hmm. suddenly, a phrase here made sense, and another one made sense, and then I understood a joke, right? Mm-hmm. These are beautiful moments, and you just need to realize you do need a lot of inputs to start understanding the language. Yes. It will not just come like that because you attended a few lessons.
0: Right. Yeah, I think a lot of adults, they, you know, maybe they'll spend 30 minutes, you know, listening to something, or they'll study a few flashcards or something, and they'll think, ah, it's not clicking, I'm not getting it. Something. And then you, you, you wanna, you know, part of you wants to smack up and say, you You barely even scratch that surface, I mean, think about a baby you know learning your first language. They're surrounded by it twenty four seven They're hearing these words thousands and thousands and thousands of times before it even clicks. whereas an adult you know you can hear something a few dozen or a few hundred times maybe at most, and it'll click um, right. that's another I think interesting uh, topic which a lot of people maybe have i think some a bit of a self-limiting belief about which is age and language learning so there was this idea called the critical period hypothesis that you can only learn a language up to about 12 years old and then it's too late so what would you say to that
1: well if that's if that's the truth then i wouldn't be able to speak even english today Especially right. when i was 11 i was definitely not fluent by the age of 12 um so i think i think there is some truth to it um um in in regards to the accent like you can yes. get a uh, a native foreign accent, like I will not have a native English accent or American accent or whatever, uh, probably ever in my life, but I don't personally mind. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's definitely easier for little children if they, if they're exposed to the language from the very early age on, but it's absolutely possible to learn any, any language at any time. I mean, I know, uh, a polyglot, uh, from Poland, Andrzej, who who has like, I don't know, 20 or so languages. And, wow. I, and I remember when I met him, I was like, wow, you must have spent all your life learning them. And he told me like, no, not at all. Actually, five years ago, I did not speak any foreign language. And I was always so jealous of people who speak a foreign language. Um, and then I found this app, uh, which is available for free. And I just love spending time with it, you know, and he actually got uh, fluency in quite a few languages. So yeah. It's possible really, and, and sorry, and he, he was uh, in his 60s. I forgot to say that. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, that's... So
1: he started in his, like, 55 or something.
0: Right, yeah. which is so encouraging. I mean, for people that say, I'm too old to learn, yeah. people like that, or or Steve Kaufman or, you know, folks exactly. like that who learned most of their languages in their 50s or 60s. So, yeah, it's not too late, folks. So, absolutely, start now. <laughs> Go for it. That's right. What was that app, by chance? Do you remember... The, the um, he used? It's
1: just, uh, it, it has a B in it, and it's like um, easy. No, uh, no, 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 no! It's an easy fun learn or something like that. Yeah, that was it. that was his app. <laughs> but oh. of course, he did other things. I, I don't think anyone can learn a language with just one app. Uh, right. I mean, he started organizing these uh, online meetups, and and he goes to language cafes all the time wherever he is. So you need to start speaking at some point, right? right. There is no language learning without speaking. Um, but that for him was the breakthrough uh, where he realized I can actually spend time with the language, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's another limitation for some people that even once they maybe get into languages and they find materials that they enjoy, I think a lot of people get stuck in their input bubble uh, because it can be more comfortable. I mean, mean, Mm -hmm. speaking with people in a foreign language can be, you know, intimidating because you're going to, yeah, you know, obviously you're going to make mistakes. You have to make mistakes. There's no way around it. Um, whereas with input, you can just sort of hunker down and, uh, you know, look things up. You have all the time in the world. Do you have any advice for people that are struggling to make that jump into output?
1: Yes. And my advice is it will, there will never be a good time to start speaking, right? Like you, you, it just never happens to anyone learning any language that they suddenly wake up one day and they feel ready because someone tapped them on the shoulder and said, hey, you're ready today. Today's the day.
0: Yeah.
1: No, no, no. I think it's really about the mindset. And and you need to realize that this is all part of the process. And it's okay. It's okay to um, start speaking the language. And it's perfectly okay to make it very simple at the beginning and uh, to to, um, not know a lot of words, which you will need. Right, and um, to illustrate it, I I'm learning Swahili right now, and mm. it's 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 pretty still pretty basic. Um, and when I have a conversation with my uh, Kenyan teacher, uh, tutor, uh, he asked me a question, and I wanted to say the word mortgage, but I had no clue. I still don't know how to say it in Swahili. So I explained it in very simple terms, and I said, "Look, I need a flat uh, or apartment, right?" Uh, an apartment costs a lot of money. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have that money. A bank has the money. Mm-hmm. The bank gives me the flat. I live in the flat. And I pay to the bank every month. Right? So, you, you basically just uh, make very simple short sentences where you explain the concept of a mortgage. Right? And uh, and you, you've just uh, managed to, to, to put it across without using a, um, a particular word. Right? right. So... That's what, yeah, that, that's what I love about speaking at, at the beginning. Like you, you just need to simplify it as, as well as you can.
0: Definitely. And, and that same skill set, I think, will serve you throughout your language learning journey. And even at you know, a B2 level where you're very fluent and you, you don't have to have lots of pauses. You speak with this flowing fluency. Even then, there are going to be words you don't know, obviously. I mean, there's exactly. still words I don't know as a native English speaker. Every day right. I come across words <laughs> like, oh, what's yeah. that? Um but with that fluency, you can talk around it.
1: Exactly. And this is, this is the whole skill. Like speaking is not translating from your mother tongue yes. into the target yeah. language, right? You're not supposed to say one word after another and just come up with these words as they come in your language. Uh, but to figure out what vocabulary do you have actively in your mind and to uh, pick the right words from those uh, active pieces of your vocabulary and create a sentence that has the meaning of what you want to express. I think this is this is the whole skill of speaking. And the problem with people who have just attended schools and school lessons and courses, they think they need to have all the words there right. for, you know, to start speaking. And polyglots are a great example of people who can really use just a few basic words mm-hmm. and create whatever sentences with them fluently and confidently and impress people with their skills after a few weeks of learning, right? right.
0: So that's another, I think, principle that seems to unite polyglots is that ability to take a tiny bit of a language and creatively apply it to talk about a wide range of topics. And I think part of that is just confidence and experience. Um, What are some other things, in addition to having fun with a language that you've seen that unite the polyglots that you've met? What are some common threads?
1: Right. Well, I always mention four core elements that I think are so crucial to learning a language. And it always starts with fun. Like you need to find a way to enjoy mm-hmm. the learning process. Watching and, friends.
0: Um, in right. For example. <laughs> right.
1: Or, you know, if you don't like using apps, then you can always write down words on paper. I, mm. I prefer, I personally like to use the gold list method. I don't know if you heard about mm-hmm. it. It's, it's I know you have, a,
0: you have a great ebook about it, which I'll put yeah. in the show notes. Yeah.
1: Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, so it's so simple, and, and many people just love it, and they love learning vocabulary because of the, uh, the the method, which they didn't know before. So, fun. That's the number one. Can you,
0: can you talk and, through, just for those that are listening, what, what is the gold list method? How does it, yeah, sure. just, just the, the brief notes. It's
1: so yeah. simple. So, every day you write down a list of 20 words or expressions in, in your target language with their translation into your own language. And like every day, you just keep writing these lists every day. Just write, write, write. You don't look back on the older list at all. And you wait two weeks uh, from the time you wrote the first list. And then you check how many of those words you remember. You actually test yourself and you can do it with active testing, like from my mother tongue into the foreign language. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so interesting because you will remember about 30% of those words just by writing them down uh, at a very calm state of mind and enjoying this writing process. And so every day you distill the previous lists at least two weeks later on, and, and you just watch as your memory learns vocabulary without you even realizing that. So I really, really love this method because it's so simple. It's, uh, it's a method that one of the polyglots that also goes to polyglot communities, uh, polyglot events, uh, David James um created and it's just so easily usable you just need a notebook mm-hmm. and to know how to use it of course. So
0: yeah it's yeah. it's it's deceptively simple, I think, in, in how <laughs> yeah. it works. And and I like that there's not a conscious burden of thinking I have to memorize these consciously. I have mm-hmm. to, you know, it's it's just writing them down and then creating that sort of cycle of going through exactly you know, to to see which ones you don't yet remember and then focusing only on then those that you don't yet know. So yeah. no, I think you just really-
1: rewrite the other words and, and the cycle keeps repeating. Absolutely. Yeah. So.
0: yeah mm-hmm. We'll put in the show notes, a, a link to your ebook. Cause I think that's probably the best way to walk people through it. They want to try it out. Right. Okay. So that's, that's so principle one. So principle two,
1: So principle two is something that we've already talked about, and that's effective methods. So Goldly's method is one of them. Um, Talking even to yourself can be effective if you make sure uh, that you maybe write down some new words, you you check some words in a a Google Translate or whatever translator Mm -hmm. you have in a dictionary. Uh, Watching series is also quite a great method. Using some apps, but making sure you also do other things on top of that, not just the apps. Right. So um, yeah, finding some effective methods. And then you need to figure out a system. That's number three, a systematic way to work with these things. Because I think the motivation is always so strong at the beginning, but after a few days or weeks, maybe months, we are not as excited about learning that language as we were at the beginning, right? right? this is a natural thing. And if you don't have any habits in place, if you have not created any systematic way to use them, for example, I will always do my goal list method right after waking up or I will talk to myself uh, while going to work, or I will watch friends always after coming from work, right? If you don't have these habits and do it systematically, then most probably you will fail or you will just give up. And finally, uh, you need a lot of contact with the, with those, with with the language. So um, you need to have seen the whole series of let's say friends, or you need to have used the Goldley's method for thousands or hundreds of words for it to be really effective. So you cannot just do it like, you know, two minutes every day. You need to actually spend some time with the language. It doesn't, it doesn't happen just like that.
0: Right. Yeah. My wife and I always joke about that idea of doing just a little bit and expecting a crazy result is like, well, I ate a salad. Where's my six pack? What's
1: (laughs) I ate one salad. You know (laughs) what? Yeah, yeah. That's a good
0: one. Yeah, yeah. Or, but yeah, it's the same thing. People might do like Duolingo or something like that for mm-hmm. you know five minutes a day for yeah. a week, and they're like, "I'm not fluent yet. What? Yeah, yet it must be something I, I, wrong with I, I, me." Yeah, yeah. Right?
1: that's yeah, exactly. Actually, I even saw some videos of people testing whether they can have a conversation with native speakers after two weeks of using Duolingo, and I was like, "Why would you? Why would you test that? Like, who gave you that idea? You know, it's just such nonsense."
0: Yeah. Well, I think part of it is there marketing i mean of course they want you to use their tool and their app and they want you to think that it's all you need or that's enough and obviously you know and, and i don't think it's a bad app i mean i, I think they've
1: I, I actually like using it as an additional thing it's, right. it's fun it's an adjunct you know, yeah. a lot of language combinations it's it's actually quite cool but the problem is people often take it as the only resource they need right and if they don't if, you, if they don't have any output there's just no way they will ever speak the language. I mean, even if you, if you repeat some words, uh, and record yourself or something, you have not practiced the skill of, um, creating those sentences yourself. And if, if this, if you haven't practiced this, then you will not just wake up one day and be able to speak
0: the language. Right. Yeah. I I think it's important for newer learners to understand there's a massive difference between recognition and production. (laughs) exactly because it's much much easier especially if you practice recognition a lot to see a word on the page or hear a word than it is to actually say it yourself or write it right whether it's typing and, or writing yeah
1: and this is actually what i what i walk my clients through when i help them realize what they need to do in order to improve their language i ask them first so so what do you what do you need to do in that language like what's your, what are your goals right I mean, do you just want to read newspaper articles and that's okay for you? Is that the only thing you want to do? And they was like, no, actually, I, I want to speak to people. You know, I want to understand them and I want to be able to reply. It's like, okay, good. In that case, what would you need for that, right? And they figure out like, well, I need some listening practice and some speaking practice. Okay, awesome. What yeah. methods could we use for that, right? And they kind of figure out the way by themselves. So I, I never, I never um, impose it on them. I never tell them you have to do this. It's like, well, you tell me your goals and you know, I can tell you about some methods to achieve that. Um, it's up to you. If you just want to listen, then just listen, but you will not be able to speak.
0: (laughs) That's good coaching technique.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Elicit from them what, what they want. And then they kind of talk themselves into how to get there. Yeah. That's effective. So we've talked about a couple uh, myths already are there any others that that come to mind common myths or or self-limiting beliefs that you see either your clients have or or language learners that you'd like to address here
1: yeah i think we should definitely mention the i don't have the time oh, to yeah. learn else. that's right <laughs> that's
0: a big one Number probably number <laughs> one or two yeah yeah
1: Right. No, because no one has the time, right, to learn a language. It's never, it's never a good time in their life to, to start learning the language or to really make it a huge project. And that's why I think it's so important to stress that you can absolutely make it part of your everyday life. And even if it's 10 or 15 minutes a day, it's still so much better than not doing it. And telling yourself you will start learning when you have time, because right. that day will never come, right? So I think time, like this, this thing is about priorities, uh, as everything in life. Actually, if you if you think it's important for you to speak the language because you actually have a good motivation to learn, like for example, you want to go to that country, you want to travel, or your partner is from that country, you want to communicate with his or her parents, right? Or you want to read materials in that language, then you have a really good motive to spend time with the language. So you better figure out some way or another to to find time for it. It's it's about finding time, you know, not, not yeah. having or not having the time.
0: Right. Yeah, it just has to be a priority. Like, that's it. You know, we always find time to do the things we really want, whether it's, you know, bitch watching Netflix or... Yeah, whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, yeah, I also think it's very useful to just set a tiny, tiny, tiny minimum amount per day that you commit to. You know, whether mm-hmm. that's, as you said, it be five minutes, it could even be one minute. But I find that once you start, if you just say, okay, I'm going to do one minute no matter what, if I hate it, I can stop. Yeah. But whatever, for whatever reason, that little bit of mental, you know, judo, like it, it, it gets you going because it's such Mm -hmm. a small hurdle. But if you were to say, no, no, okay, I'm going to study two hours every day, then it's such a big commitment that I think often people will just not do it at all.
1: Yeah. And the same thing happens. Right. Sorry. The same thing happens if someone says, okay, I'm going to read this book and I will underline every word which I don't know. And I'll check it in a dictionary. Right. I don't know one person who would make it past page five yep. of this method, you know? Yep. And probably page two. I mean, page five is pretty ambitious, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's,
1: just, it's just too yeah. much. You know? right. So, what I, what I like to do is really make it systematic and say, okay, I'm going to find two words on each page that are new to me, or one word even, Mm -hmm. and underline that one, and then process it with the Goldie's method, or Anki, or whatever ways uh, of processing vocabulary I have. Mm -hmm. But I will make sure it's steady, so I'll always keep encountering new words, but it will not stop me from continuing reading the book.
0: So we've mentioned a couple apps already, you know, Anki's a really popular flashcard app. Um, Are there any others that you use every day or that you've seen come along recently that you you think are really interesting
1: um i'm not such a big fan of apps Mm -hmm. um personally so um not not really no Mm -hmm. i mean there are a lot of apps i think the general rule is is just give it a try for a few minutes if you like it then use it on a regular basis but don't go for like four or five different apps and do a little bit with with each
0: right Mm -hmm. right which i think is very tempting because it's You know, there's so many and they're free and they're, you know, addictive. They're designed to be addictive often because they use a lot of, you know, the little red badge saying, oh, you have a new notification, you know, just trying to make little puffs of dopamine to keep you coming back. Um, In my interview with uh, Lindsay Williams, she had a really good analogy I liked, which is, you know, pick just a few of your materials and try to squeeze, you know, every last drop out of that sponge. Right. Instead of trying to, as you said, you know, just do a tiny little bit on lots of things. Um,
1: And I also love uh, I love to um, combine different methods with one resource. So, for example, if I love watching friends, uh, then I could make it my listening, um, listening exercise, right, just for uh, listening input. And then uh, check out the transcripts uh, of the of the series and look for words which are new to me and then process the, those with Anki or whatever app I'm using. Right. And back to it and maybe in my speaking session, tell someone what that episode was about, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if you combine different apps and different types of uh, activities you can do with one resource, that's so much better than always just getting a lot of new input and not processing it
0: correctly. Right, no, that's a really good point. Yeah, just take... Well, it's kind of analogous to what you said earlier about how a polyglot can take a few words and expand them into a very wide range of, of contexts. Uh, the same way you could take a small number of resources and come at it from all these different angles. I think that's exactly. that's really wise. Yeah. For people that are just starting out in a language and they're intimidated, um, not only even just to, to speak, but even just intimidated to get started. Do you have any final words of encouragement what what would you say to this person that's you know just kind of looking out over the cliff of of a foreign language and and they're scared to jump
1: i would like to say that i'm absolutely positive that everyone can learn a foreign language and i think this is this is a very powerful thing because so many people doubt and they think well maybe i don't have that gene right Mm -hmm. but i have seen it now like it's it's not just an idea of mine it's not just an assumption I have now worked with thousands of people you know helping them learn languages. and i I've seen really a lot of people struggling for twenty years, fifteen years, and and i I see that once they find the methods that they like and the right materials, they can enjoy the learning process. And it's so beautiful to see that because once you find those methods, language learning really becomes a whole different thing. it's It's not uh, so uh, you know so boring or so difficult anymore. It's fun. And yeah. when it's fun, learn subconsciously. So it's definitely possible. And so my general advice is if you, if you have failed before, then just give it another try with other methods. Mm-hmm. There are so many out there. Make sure you find something that you like, whether it's reading books or listening to podcasts or YouTube videos or speaking to someone, whatever it is you want to start with and just give it a try.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Throw it all at the wall and then see what sticks. Okay.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. But then, yeah, pick a few things and then, yeah, squeeze, well, squeeze into
1: You need to make it systematic. Yes, I mean that's it, right. This is the basic, basic thing to start at the beginning right. because I think people believe if they don't believe that they can learn the language, if they think it's impossible, then of course they will not give it a lot of energy and they will not try it in you know many right. ways. Um, but um, yeah, it's de- it's definitely possible for everyone I know.
0: Right, and then once they get that first language, I think a lot of folks they will. Find it even somewhat addictive, and then they'll want to learn the, the third, and then the fourth, and then they'll be a polyglot, just like you. And then they'll want to go to the polyglot gathering, which I would love if you could give a little uh, overview of what that is, because that's coming up here in a few weeks.
1: I will, but I just want to I just want to say that I, I don't think most people want to become polyglots, and like it, it's not a or necessar- or um sorry um, a natural thing that would that would uh, be a result of learning a language. But I know a lot of people who actually. Thought that they hate language learning. Right. They always hate to be at school, but they actually find a way to enjoy this still as a, as a as a pastime activity, even if they just want to learn that one language. Right. Right. But yeah, as you said, if someone really falls in love with it and can't can't stop learning one language after another, well, we have these um, polyglot gatherings and polyglot conferences and langfests, several events mm-hmm. around the world, where um, people who are excited about language learning meet up for a few days uh, live, you know, not online, and hang out and have a lot of talks. And it's it's really amazing, amazing conferences where people love coming over and over again. So everyone is welcome. And I want to also say that none of these events have any limit on how many languages you have to speak in order to come. Right. Everyone who loves language learning is really very welcome to join.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think that held me back for a number of years. This is actually going to be my first polyglot event uh in Bratislava because I thought well I'm not technically a polyglot I mean I I only in my mind I thought polyglot meant oh five languages or more fluently and I thought well I'm not that so I have no business going to a (laughs) polyglot conference Uh,
1: I think most of the people who came for the first time had that question I I know I was asking myself the same things like can I can I even come there and then someone suggested I should have a talk like me in front of all these polyglots in way, you know, what could I possibly share with polyglots? Like right. the, the word is scary even to polyglots themselves. You yeah. know, it took me a few years to call myself a polyglot. Like it's, it, it, it's, it's intimidating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, that's why I always say these events are for polyglots and language lovers because any, everyone can identify with, you know, I am a language lover. Right. So right. A language enthusiasts as well. Go.
0: Yeah. Right. but I love that so, word too, because it puts the, uh, it puts the focus back on, interest and passion which again to exactly. go back to the very beginning that is one of those things that ties together all the people you've seen that are able to learn either one or many foreign languages so it's exactly. yeah, all about the love and the passion i love it cool mm-hmm, right. well thank you so much i really enjoyed our chat and i look forward to meeting you for real in in meet space uh in just a couple weeks
1: right thank you very much for having me on
0: your interview journey. thank you so much Thank you very much for listening. For show notes, go to languagemastery.com slash show. And if you'd like to support the show and keep things going, please check out my Master Japanese Guide at japanesemastery.com. It shows you exactly how to create an immersion environment anywhere in the world to learn the language using fun, effective methods and techniques.